This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And I'm wondering, how are you listening to the show today? Are you listening on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iTunes? Did you go right to heritageradionetwork.org to the Tech Bytes page and listen on demand to the current episode? If you are listening on your favorite podcasting platform like iTunes, it would be really helpful to the show if you could subscribe and give us an amazing four-star review. All those little pieces of subscription and comment really help elevate the profile of the show, which makes us accessible to more people, which is great because at Tech Bytes, we're all about spreading the word and spreading information about some of the newest things that are happening in the food tech space. Today, we have um, a very familiar voice to Tech Bytes and to Heritage Radio Network. We have Alice Chen, who is the founder and CEO of Culinary Agents, which is really the online platform for the hospitality industry in terms of looking for a job and finding staff. She's also a Heritage Radio Network Hall of Famer and really a repeat guest on Tech Bytes because her business is really a great indicator of the business. And we always love to check in with her to see what's happening and what opportunities are out there. So, Alice, I'm really happy to welcome you to the uh, virtual Zencaster recording version of Tech Bytes. Last year in January, um, we were in the studio together. And now we're together-ish, um, but albeit remotely. But it's still nice to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, virtually uh, giving you a, a high five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was looking back at the past episodes. Um, you were first on way back on episode 50. Last year, you were episode 197. Um, we're always talking about uh, your business and how it um, is a good lens into the industry, your founder story, which um, if people don't know um, much about Alice, I really recommend that you go back to episode 50 because her story is, um, it really is a completely classic success story in the tech world that you couldn't imagine better if you were writing it for a movie. Alice started off her tech career working in the mailroom at IBM. True story. And rose through the ranks at IBM and then ultimately went out on her own and started Culinary Agents, which is just, I mean, it's, it's a movie of the week. Maybe Netflix will pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a bad idea. Anyway, um, so Alice is, is a great... Uh, personality just in terms of her own story. But again, as I said at the top of the show, we always like to check in uh, with her and with culinary agents at the turn of the year. Historically, the first quarter of the year, January, February, March, are typically a uh, slow season in the restaurant industry, um, unless you are in a 
uh, resort that is, you know, maybe a ski resort or an island resort where this would be a, a tourist season. But for the most part, most businesses are pedaling down a little bit in the first quarter. They're taking it as, a, as an opportunity to maybe recalibrate their staff, uh, maybe do some work in-house uh, on, you know, refreshing the dining room and things like that. And it's also a moment where restaurants would have been staffed up to their maximum capacity for the end of the fourth quarter, the holiday season. And so now's really a time when people are starting to look around for work and maybe a change of pace. So January is always a great time to be talking with Alice about what is happening on the employment front. Um, and this year, January of 2021, um, I think there's an urgency about what's happening in the job market that there has not been in years past. And I will say that I was scrolling through my Instagram feed, and I do follow culinary agents on all social media platforms. And I was really uh, so happy. I had a moment of just, uh, you know, kind of quiet joy, in all honesty, to see culinary agents posting job openings. Um, job openings in different cities, different kinds of restaurants, some high-end, um, some mid-range, uh, really recently. And I was like, wow, this is so uh, hopeful to see because most of what we're hearing about the restaurant industry is very um, dismal and really just terrifying. So it's good to see pockets of of opportunity. So Alice, uh, with that very long lead-in, um, tell us what the State of the Union is with, with culinary agents in January 2021 coming off of a really, I'm sure, unbelievable 2020 that was probably extremely challenging for you. Yeah, and thank you for that. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, if we unpack 2020, uh, you know, quarter by quarter, um, we saw just really unprecedented changes around every corner. For culinary agents, immediately, um, you know, back in March, we kicked into gear with how can we best support the talent and businesses of this industry, knowing that there are so many unknowns, knowing that, um, you know, businesses were um, abruptly shut down and trying to figure out, you know, what their next steps were with as little information as uh, was getting, you know, disseminated. And then to the talent and to the workers who were, who were um, equally kind of uh, disrupted and, and um, you know, kept kind of in the dark because they were even, you know, twice, three times removed from the information. So, you know, we mobilized quickly. We started focusing on aggregating resources to help talent with, you know, for those who were looking for a job immediately for for personal reasons, for various reasons, you know, what else was out there that was either hospitality related or not hospitality related where their, their skills could transfer easily. Um, and then, you know, from a um, business standpoint, what, are, what, what information could we share with them as quickly as possible and how could we help? Um, you know, quickly after that, uh, we looked at, okay, let, what does recovery look like? You know, I think in March collectively, uh, and much, much aligned with this, the fighting spirit and the resilience of uh, and the flexibility of this industry, people were kind of like, OK, you know, this is happening now. Um, you know, it will pass, um, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. Um, how do we kind of shift our planning and look at two, three months from now? And I think we all collectively learned uh, quickly you know, around mid-June that, you know, um, that this was going to be a much longer recovery time. Um, so, you know, from a culinary agent standpoint, 
our goal continued to be how do we aggregate and share resources both to talent, hundreds of thousands, millions of folks who are either looking for jobs or, um, you know, continuing to work, how 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 to protect themselves, how to, how to work safely. Uh, and then businesses also, you know, what were resources that we could share? Um, how do we connect them with um, those who were seeking employment and, uh, and, and best practices from, you know, around the country? Because uh, as you know, and as we all are painfully aware, every city, every state had its own um, set of rules and playbooks, if you will. But there definitely were common threads that emerged on you know safety standards, procedures, best practices, et cetera. Um, so that that really you know was the evolution of 2020 to to a large extent um, as far as you know focusing on how do we help um, the business, how do we share with um, with each other, and how do we bring the community together online. Um, from a culinary agent standpoint, obviously, uh, with businesses shut down, uh, the, the opportunities and the jobs were um, fewer, regardless of, of the city. Um, and the needs of businesses changed because what they required, what positions they were looking to fill um, was also evolving. Uh, and so being part of kind of the different phases of evolving from a business planning standpoint was also quite interesting. And, and I think it continues to evolve now that we're in 2021. Um, the opportunities and where where um, there's lots of hope from a job seeker standpoint is that the evolution um, really is uh, in line with new opportunities that have emerged from 2020 as far as um, different uh you know, diner behavior, guest behavior, delivery, kind of meal kits. Um, so many businesses uh, kicked into gear all of their creative juices and figured out how do we do this? Like, how do we how do we add different revenue streams to our existing model? Um, what should we do to survive? Quite frankly, um, and from that, I think a lot of businesses uh, realized that wow, you know, some of these new revenue streams and new business models that we adopted are absolutely viable, even, you know, post pandemic. And when we get kind of back to, you know, business as usual, if you will, and that will create uh, more opportunity and more jobs. Um, and so I think we're just at the cusp of of that now. Um, I think the other thing that we're seeing immediately is, you know, a lot of businesses and hotels and restaurants were planned to open in 2020. And a lot of those plans uh, got delayed. Um, and so, you know, now a uh, new year is is kicked into gear. Um, people are looking at, you know, permanent outdoor dining fixtures as, you know, additional opportunities. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned, these new revenue streams that they experimented with and decided that, you know, would be a great way to add to their business, whether it be retail or delivery, et cetera. And on top of that, all their delayed openings are, are you know, on the docket. That's amazing. Um lot of lot of um, things to uh, discuss in all that taking us back to uh, sort of the evolution of what was happening in terms of the mindset in 2020 I think collectively at the beginning of the real um, pandemic you know stay at home and quarantines and masks and things like that back in March I do think that there was a collective sense of like, oh, this, you know, by spring or by summer, this will be over. And I think we've been on a cycle, almost like a quarterly cycle of saying, oh, in another two to three months, we'll be able to move into um, a different behavior, into a new normal. 
um, the worst will be behind us. And I think last year was really a story of every few months reassessing to the conclusion that we're not there <laughs> yet. And the interesting thing about, um, you know, culinary agents, I would ask you, you know, you are a uh, tech company from many perspectives. I mean, you've been around um, long enough now that I don't know I would call you a startup, but, you know, coming from a tech space, being an entrepreneur, um, do, you, do you think that made you just sort of more nimble in your mindset of um, taking in feedback from, you know, your client base and then taking in uh, data points from, you know, news and what was happening and allowed you to um, just start pivoting and making changes to the offerings or how you deal with things or creating new things in ways that maybe other um, other more traditional companies would not have. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we continue to be very proud of. Um, kind of this unconventional uh, approach to tech startup, if you will, really focused from day one on building and partnering with our with our user base, with our businesses, and building something uh, meaningful and uh, beneficial for the industry with the industry. And so, you know, having a hospitality-driven approach was always and continues to always be at the core of our culture. And that, that rings true, whether it's good times or bad times, you know, and I think immediately um, we took the empathetic seat of like, okay, you know, right now is not the time to to start asking people to post up their jobs, you know, and that now is not the time to try to, you know, um, shine a, a, a flashlight on a, on our new features and functions that we just rolled out to help you, you know, better reach, you know, so such and such. Um, although all those things are great and we worked, you know, really hard for them, we recognize immediately that. We needed to get on the same page with our team, with with our industry, um, and figure out how we can leverage and, and be really quick about it. Leverage our platform of almost a million users. Leverage our technology. Leverage our relationships to disseminate information and get it to um, folks. Because there was a lot of, you know, you know, I guess chaos would be kind of the a, a great word for it as far as you know information from you know from the macro level, but then also individuals, you know, how, how did individuals get impacted? And I think the extra level of, you know, the fact that this is a global pandemic and each individual is in a different situation. You know, you, you add on that kind of emotional level of, of, um, you know, of stress, and that just makes it, you know, 10 times worse. Um, so for us, we were absolutely very focused and, and quick to adjust. Um, we also continued to, to um, talk with and, and connect with um, both our, our business users, um, large and small, as well as with talent. Um, lots of, uh, and then looking at the data that we saw with you know, migration patterns and the realities of after we hit that first three months where people were kind of like, okay, we'll see you in a couple months. And then you hit that second three months and now you're six months in and the furloughed uh, employees um, and the folks that were laid off um, are making life decisions on whether they're physically going to move for various reasons or if they were going to potentially uh, explore other career paths and opportunities either inside or, or outside of the industry. So there were life changes, I think, that really kind of kicked into gear at, at every, you know, quarter, if you will, every every reassessment and every every phase of what happened last year. Um, 
for us in, in third quarter, we realized that we were, uh, and that was kind of like um, August, September-ish, um, early in the summer, we started having conversation realizing that a lot of um, uh, businesses and friends were asking myself and, and for you know, if I could connect them to somebody who was, you know, liquidating assets because they wanted to buy a piece of used uh, uh, equipment um, or, um, you know, supplies, et cetera. And so we quickly kind of shifted our product roadmap and reprioritized our marketplace, which we launched uh, in the at the end of third quarter last year, which was, you know, a, a new place on our website to allow for um, businesses and all of our users, um, quite frankly, to post items to sell and posting is for free. It's how do you how do you share with a targeted audience if you're if you're um, buy if you're looking for something, you're buying a piece of equipment or you're liquidating assets and uh, or if you're selling, you know, merch to raise money for uh, your employee fund. So, you know, we recognized that there really wasn't a trusted place for this to happen. And we could logically just, you know, spin that up uh, as part of our website. And it will live there beyond, um, you know, beyond the, the what, 2021. Um, so, you know, I think, I, I think it is important to, to continue to maintain that level of flexibility and, open-mindedness to, to see and observe and take the feedback and truly support where you can. I think the marketplace is a really great example of, um, you know, a combination of listening to your constituency and also something that you had roadmapped for the future, but probably not the immediate future. It's a really interesting idea as well, coming at it from um, so many different points of view in terms of the merch aspect and and how we saw so many restaurants and businesses um, starting to put things online to sell, whether it be gift cards or products. Um, And then also just, uh, you know, the nature of what a restaurant and hospitality business is has been in tremendous evolution, flux, transition, whatever words you want to use, where you have Um, You know, some things pivoting to being, you know, grocery stores and purveyors or pivoting to takeout or virtual cooking lessons or even in some instances, restaurants um, offering out their uh, professional space to other chefs and cooks and people who want to make something and need a commercial space to do it. Um, Just in terms of, um, you know, a question that we've been asking all of our uh, company, you know, founders in terms of the uh, evolution of what you had planned for culinary agents, is something like the marketplace, was that something that was on your roadmap eventually that then just got accelerated because of the pandemic? I would be curious to know because so much of our lives just generally, not just for the restaurant industry, but for the public at large, has migrated to online in ways um, that we maybe thought about, but never really truly realized. Had your business accelerated? Are you where you thought you were gonna be, but just much sooner? Did the marketplace just come much sooner? Was it really prompted by those personal calls you were getting from people, um, you know, asking, um, you know, for help or resources or ideas or connections? Yeah, you know, it's all of the above, actually. (laughs) Um, And it is one of those things. It's funny how things work out. Um, I looked back at one of our, uh, actually, our first explainer video that we created back in 2012, I think. And Marketplace is actually in there. And when we first launched Culinary Agents, 
it, it had a marketplace to buy, sell, trade, you know, new and used um, equipment and goods. Um, you know, us being the, you know, the the hub for the industry, everything career related, but then also, you know, for your business. And, you know, the idea of expanding it beyond physical goods to also include, um, you know, services, purveyors, eventually be a marketplace for uh, for the industry to connect around all those things you just mentioned, and then even more, especially now that individuals are offering, um, you know, virtual classes, et cetera, and they can expand their audiences. So that was always part of, you know, this grand, you know, vision. And I think what you see a lot of times, which I'm sure you see all the time in, in startups also, you have to focus. You have to focus. And our core and our focus um, was jobs and building uh, the technology and the network and the resources to really do a great job with that. And and, and we have as far as, you know, the, the distribution network we have and the partnerships so businesses can post with us and we handle all of the job marketing and, and um all that hassle uh, and to support them and to offer a full suite of tools so that everyone from a, a cafe a mom and pop shop to a larger business or resort can really utilize our, you know, tools and technologies for what they need. Um, and so Marketplace was always on the, uh, on the product roadmap, in the product roadmap, but what COVID had done and what the conversations had done was made it really obvious that uh, we needed to kind of shift some projects and accelerate the development of, of uh, Marketplace. Um, so, you know, the natural progression of what we were working on, um, uh, which we actually just kicked off in January, um, is uh, skills. So we had been developing and we have the infrastructure for an intelligent skills platform, which was the next step of our jobs platform, quite frankly, um, with, okay, we have all this data on jobs. What, what you know, what are what our businesses are requiring, what types of business, uh, businesses, what categories and positions, et cetera. And then from a talent standpoint, what are people looking for? What skills do they have? Where are the gaps and how can we actually create um, intelligence in this platform so that we can help talent fill skills gaps or identify the skills gaps based upon what they want to do, where they are and what businesses are looking for. Um, and, and this is like, you know, this stuff, if you can't tell, I've got a huge smile on my face. This is like, you know, me really geeking out and getting super excited because this is where uh, this was always the plan. Um, but, you know, much like uh, technology and data and you, if you don't have enough data points or if you if you um, if you don't if you're not there yet because the structure's not there, it's hard to to build this intelligence in because intelligence uh, and um the platform really is, uh, you know, the data is fed into it so that it can be smart. Um, and so for us, you know, kicking off the, the intelligent skills platform, which we just did um, in January or right after the marketplace um, was up and running, um, you know, our focus now is how do we help people with upskilling, cross-skilling? How do we help businesses better, you know, you know, I guess, articulate for a lack of a better word, it's more set expectations of what they're looking for when they post up a job. Because especially in this industry, you know, a line cook is not necessarily just a line cook, depending on what, where it's posted, what position, you know, what type of business, what, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many different kind of uh, facets that uh, impact the expectation of what both sides are looking for um, when it comes to a particular job post. And so we have really focused on how do we take all those nuances that we know because we've been focused on this industry um, and how do we 
help both sides, you know, be more efficient with finding what they're looking for and who they're looking for. Well, who they're looking for, what they're looking for, and, you know, the evolution of the new jobs in 2021, um, it, it's a, it, it is a little bit of a new landscape out there for not just restaurants, but for the world in general. We are going to take a quick break to find out who the sponsor is of this show. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. We keep the lights on and the mics hot out of the generosity of our members, who are mostly listeners like you, grants, and underwriters like this one. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. This is episode 225 of Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk to innovators and influencers in the food tech space. Do you have a great idea for a show? Did you hear something in one of the other episodes that you think would be interesting to explore? Get in touch with us. We are very interactive. You can find us online on social media at Heritage Radio Network HRN on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email us, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. We would love to hear from you. Suggestions, pitches, all of those things. More information is more information, and we love that here. Today we are talking with Alex Chen, who is the founder and CEO of Culinary Agents. And um, we were just before the break talking about the skills platform that they've just launched, um, which is really intended to help job seekers um, evaluate the skill sets that they have and maybe identify new skill sets they might need um, if they're interested in a new job or a different type of job. Um, also for employers to maybe hone in on the details of exactly what they're looking for. Um, something that Alice mentioned um, at the first half of the show, what we've seen last year in 2020 is a migration of people, not just restaurant staff, but there are a lot of people who have left some of the um, larger urban centers, gone, you know, back, certainly in New York, people have gone back home to other cities. People have gone to places um, maybe a little quieter, a little dense, less dense population to be out in nature and maybe a little more secluded. Um, so that, you know, migration that's been caused by work from home and different things is certainly uh, impactful for the restaurant industry in a variety of ways. And then I think the other point that uh, we discussed earlier was with uh, restaurants creating new revenue streams and new products, along with really having to run their businesses in an ultra-efficient way. I mean, restaurants are already 
super efficient machines, um, but now they have to be even more so. There's a lot of hybridization of jobs or new roles maybe, um, or new responsibilities for old jobs that we're seeing because of the current state of affairs. So Alice, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, sort of what you are seeing generally in terms of the data and then um, give us like maybe one or two examples of a, of a new type of job that exists now um, in the restaurant world or maybe um, how somebody who is, you know, that line cook would transition into something um, a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think one of the things uh, and the most common thing I find myself um, sharing and asking talent uh, in the past six months who are asking for kind of advice or, or, you know, a view into what's happening is, you know, reevaluating what's most important to you now. Because I think with the shift of of all the things that happened in 2020, um, there are so many different types of opportunities. And it's important for talent to ask themselves, you know, what's most important for me right now in the next, in the near future, in the longer term? Because, being intentional with that thought process and seeking out employers and uh, specific positions or types of positions that that you think will fulfill those new needs, I, I think is is really important. You know, going into twenty twenty one and and uh, and and beyond. <laughs> have you have you seen people? Um, and I'm I'm just curious. Have you seen people maybe putting more of an emphasis on you know quality of life or purpose of the business? Um, or just, you know, stability and maybe hours versus things like um, I could see someone being on culinary agents because they're looking for uh, the job with that really, you know, well-regarded chef or restaurant, you know, looking for some stars for their resume or, you know, has, has there been a shift in, in terms of what is most important to people? Is it a little more elemental now or a little different? Yes, we've seen the shift um, progress over you know over the past year in, in a couple of different ways. Um, one is uh, you know, and and I should caveat this by saying this is kind of this is a trend as far as um, the shifting in 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 people prioritizing what they need most uh, in their job seeking process and in pl- and looking for employer brands. This is something that was kind of 2019 into 2020, um, which was, uh, you know, our emphasis also on, you know, look for the employer brand and employers really putting their best foot forward, trying to share and highlight, you know, their culture, et cetera, so that, uh, again, you know, as much transparency as possible, I think ultimately results in in a better kind of connection, if you will. So, but to answer your, to answer your question, you know, there there absolutely is this kind of newfound, you know, reprioritization. Whereas certain folks who perhaps were uh, looking to or really focused on working at an award winning place or you know earning stars, Michelin stars, etc. Um, while that still might be a goal in the future, you know, for the time being, it's helped. Uh, the reevaluation is around: okay, what kind of employer uh, do I want to work with? Wh- who's doing? Who's doing right by employees um, that I'm aware of? Who who is really emphasizing what they're doing around safety uh, procedures and measures, et cetera? Um, what are the types of things that I value now more than uh, ever that you know were were kind of nice to haves before, but now are are non negotiables? Um, in addition to that, you know, you see folks who who 
perhaps have used this time to reevaluate what they want to do. And maybe the answer to that is, you know, I I love the industry. I enjoy it. I'm going to take a break or I'm going to look at pursuing some other interests that I had been wanting to do. You know, I think um, I think the the both great thing uh, and uh, well, I'll, I'll focus on the great thing with this industry is that it employs people from all walks of, you know, interests, of talent, of, uh, you know, uh, of p- points in their life. And uh, it offers the flexibility where if somebody says, you know, for the next, for the near term, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, doing something else. And then I, I realize that, you know, I'm going to go back to, to my love of the industry and, and, and come back in, you know, the industry will be welcoming them with open arms. It certainly um, is an industry that always needs more people. Uh, for years and years and years, we've been hearing in the restaurant industry, we need more people, we need more staff, we need more uh, qualified staff. I think one of the, you know, I'll just completely, um, this is just uh, a guess and an assumption based not at all on data, but the restaurant industry is a very demanding job in terms of time and hours spent. It does have flexibility if you want to work at night or during the day or, um, you know, maybe carve out, you know, a scheduling uh, that is maybe non-traditional that maybe works for a specific requirement you have. But it always requires a huge amount of time. And I definitely think that people in the restaurant industry, um, you know, like so many others, the pause of coming to a stop and, you know, maybe catching up on sleep, maybe spending time with loved ones and family, maybe, you know, reading a book or going outside or, you know, doing those kinds of things also have contributed to the idea of um, how much of my life or hours of my day do I want to give to my job? Which leads us into um, what types of evolutions have you seen in terms of what jobs are now being offered. I mean, I'm assuming that all the traditional ones that we've had in the past, you know, um, manager, um, uh, you know, bar manager, bartender, server, runner, all those types of things still exist. But are there some new categories or new definitions that you've been seeing over the past year that are becoming more common? Yeah, we certainly see, and I think this grew out of necessity, and again, the caveat is depends on the type of business. We've seen um, kind of hybrid leadership roles, which have expanded job descriptions, which include um, perhaps, you know, some of the, the, um, you know, duties and responsibilities that in the past were not emphasized. Um, But, you know, managers may have, have done, you know, busing time to time or serving time to time. Um, there, there, there is this approach from businesses also to reevaluate, you know, what do they absolutely need? Um, and then also what, you know, do, you know, how can we operate as efficiently as possible while still serving, you know, and offering the type of experience that their guests are expecting, right? And, and it also depends on whether or not they're delivery only or if they're, um, if they're at, you know, reduced capacity indoor, if they're outdoor, et cetera. Um, and so I, I think there still is this level of uncertainty um, in the, 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 this quarter, if you will, um, high level of, of hope and optimism and, and planning, forward-looking planning, but definitely cautious in the sense where, um, you know, you really, everyone's kind of ha- have a different level of, um, of 
being prepared for whatever is going to come at them next. Um, but, uh, you know, hybrid roles, I think, with, you know, creative titles, if you will, I, I encourage people to to look at the job description and I encourage businesses to be as uh, transparent as possible and set the expectations of what this role will entail. I think that's something we're seeing commonly um, if, you're, if you're talking about traditional kind of restaurant or, or food and beverage roles. Um, there are businesses who are emphasizing and posting more for, you know, social media support, marketing support, especially if they have new offerings that they want to make sure that uh, their guests and, and people are aware of. Um, so that's also quite interesting and, and it aligns nicely with people who have uh, historically wanted to uh, expand into certain roles that were perhaps off of uh, the floor or not non-traditional in the restaurant. Um, you know, I, I think um, businesses, I think across the board, are really looking hard at their planning. And realistically, especially with the unknowns of opening, it's really difficult to, to uh, anticipate the, the resources that you will need and that you can support. Um, and and I, I'm sure I speak for a lot of uh, business owners and uh, wanting to avoid the fact that you don't want to bring people back and then have to take um, measures to, to adjust again, right? I, and I think everyone is just very cautious and careful because they're being thoughtful about it. Being thoughtful and trying to plan in a situation like this, it's it's really challenging. I mean, it's challenging on a personal level, I think, sometimes for people to figure out what they're going to do in this quarter-to-quarter -quarter reality. And then, you know, planning for a business, especially one where you're dealing in people and the public and perishable items, it's, it's, um, it's a lot to take in. Tell us, um, just really on a more step-by-step uh, -step level, tell us how people can use the, the skills function on the site. Like, what if I'm a new, what if I'm a, you know, again, we'll take the line cook because that's maybe just a easy one coming to the site for the first time, you know, what, what would I find and how would I really utilize these resources the most? Yeah. So, um, so the caveat is I always love, especially cause I'm, I, I, I get on this show in January. I always love, um, doing the, you heard it here first with you, Jennifer. <laughs> we love that. Um, we always love you heard it here first. We love breaking <laughs> exclusive everything, not just on yes. the show in life. <laughs> yes. So we've kicked off our intelligence skills platform. The actual full product is not live yet. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, but, but we've always had um, skills as part of the platform and the matching and the um, intelligent algorithms. So um, right now, um, a couple of, you know, best practices and hints and tips especially if you think that you're going to be, um, you know, going to uh, look for a job or, or you just want to dip your toe in the water and see what's out there. Um, we have all sorts of um, tools to support that. Um, you know, filling out your, your free profile, updating it, especially if you physically moved because we have the geo-targeting. So we help you discover opportunities within the 30-mile radius from where you physically are. So if you have moved recently, update your city so that you can see opportunities in your area. Um, you know, update the skills so that, again, we can we can send you more targeted, more relevant opportunities. And, you know, search and utilize um, the platform to look at the free resources. We have skills, uh, tips, hints and tips, resources, COVID resources. Also, if you still, if, if you're looking for some of those, there's also a lot of um, wonderful 
uh, nonprofits and, and support networks out there that are offering employee grants and things if you're in need of assistance, um, you know, whatever your personal situation may be. Um, and, uh, you know, you can utilize your preferences, set up alerts. Um, if you're looking for specific jobs or you're looking for a specific employer, you know, drop off and I want to work here, proactively submit your resume to them. Um, employers are dealing with a lot of uh, moving parts, as I just mentioned, a lot of unknowns. There are also a lot of factors which would make them hesitant to publicly promote all the opportunities aggressively that they might have or they might have coming up. So that's that's, um, an, that's an interesting point. What would um, what does that look like in terms of not necessarily promoting fully a position, which sounds counterintuitive to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, on a, any given day, I'll use some some examples I think we can all relate to. On any given day, if a new restaurant or a new business is opening and there's construction delays or there's licensing delays, all those delays, on, 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 a, on a good, uh, you know, on a good day, on a normal situation, um, businesses would be, you know, preparing and promoting opportunities, you know, several months ahead of time. And then if the restaurant gets delayed, then they kind of adjust and they deal with it. Um, now, if you add that additional level, level of uh, sensitivity and being thoughtful and, and also the unknowns of what they might need, um, you know, I think businesses, a lot of them will err to the side of, you know, uh, of, let me hold off a bit until I have a little bit more information. Um, and uh, But at the same time, th their desire to kind of build their pipeline and their bench, if you will, of talented people that they want to potentially, you know, bring in as soon as they know or a little more certain with what's happening, um, you know, there's still a need for that. So there is this balance. And, you know, 2020 was a very, very sensitive overall year and businesses and individuals had to make decisions um, you know, that, you know, perhaps the other side were, was not so happy about. Um, and so for a business who had to make some drastic uh, decisions, um, all of a sudden planning, you know, their new structure and, you know, trying to rebuild, um, you know, there could be some, some, uh, some gaps in, in knowledge overall of, of, you know, well, why, why is this business promoting to be hiring if, you know, they, if they're, um, if they had to make changes, you know, in 2020. Right. So I, there's, there's just a lot of, I think, moving parts. And um, I think in general, a lot of businesses want to thoughtfully just err to the side of being more cautious. And, and um, you know, I think being proactive as a, as a job seeker uh, is always uh, a good thing, whether it be proactive in your searching for knowledge and your research, um, proactive in, in asking yourself the hard questions and what you're really looking for and then seeking out employers or, or jobs or opportunities that really align with what you need. Um, you know, I think, I think that is what, you know, we've been afforded a little bit, um, is a little bit of time, um, and, and a little more calmness. Another question to you about what people are looking for, um, you know, on the job seeker side in terms of what type of employer they want to work for, as well as, um, for employers, and businesses, what types of uh, points may now have value or increased value that may not have had value back in long time ago, back in 2019? Are people looking for in 
tangible, not intangible, but um, are people looking for more social and equitable, maybe environmental profiles in businesses? Have you seen an uptick or an interest from the job seeker pool of wanting uh, more than a good review or good service looking for restaurants um, and organizations that you know, maybe have specific policies about who they hire or maybe have specific policies about, you know, how workers are compensated or benefits or, you know, what type of uh, footprint they have in their community in terms of uh, supporting community endeavors or nonprofit endeavors and things like that. Have those, um, you know, I, I would almost call them like human social characteristics, qualities, benefits, of a business. Have those things come into focus and become more important over the course of the past year? Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, I would say, um, over the past three plus years, um, you know, I think in general, also, if you look at this industry with the generational diversity of the talent that, you know, operate together as a team, you do have different, um, you know, folks coming into the workforce, whether it's, uh, you know, the younger generation or um, people who have been in here for, for you know, many years and decades and, and are veterans of the industry. And that all comes together to, you know, operate and, and you know, run this industry, if you will. And so I think very much in line with other industries and just generally the way that job seekers are approaching, um, you know, their their journey is, uh, is much more looking at holistically what kind of company am I joining? What does the leadership look like? What are their values and culture? Um, do I believe in this? Do I want to be a part of it? Right. And I think all those do factor in now more than ever um, in both a job seeker's um, journey and also how an employer wants to be viewed. You know, and back to my kind of comment about employer branding is, you know, it's it's not just it's not good enough to just have a job or to give somebody a job. Um, you know, you you have to essentially highlight and, and show, you know, why is your company and your job, what do you do that's different? Um, and that in turn also helps you as an employer better, um, you know, better, I guess, stand out to the, the types of people that are looking that have the same aligned values and want to work in a place like that. Um, and I think that's going to continue to evolve and be important. And the level of transparency uh, and, you know, getting on the same page ultimately, um, I think personally, um, should support, you know, just more professionalism and potentially reduce, you know, no call, no shows or, <laughs> you know, all the things that I think we've seen improve over the years uh, with this industry as, a, as far as employment and careers. I think what we were talking about last year was uh, – the business culture. And I think all these things do fit under that rubric, but the business culture has become, over the course of this past year, I think something that is um, a little bit more perhaps meaningful and almost mandatory in some respects, um, just in terms of this time and the reevaluation of what's important to people uh, beyond a job and, and feeling like they're contributing to something or feeling like they're at a place where they're well cared for and their colleagues are well cared for also. Um, you are a business owner also running a business in this very volatile industry and your business is trying to meet your 
clients and constituents, you know, where they are and maybe being able to think a few steps ahead of them um, to offer them the thing they'll need next quarter. How do you plan, Alice, for the next year or the next five years? I'm 100% confident that you had a very tight, focused roadmap for growth for culinary agents. Um, have you been following that? Has it just accelerated? Are you really shooting from the hip sometimes in terms of directions that things go in? How do you plan for your business in an in a industry that is just completely chaotic right now? <laughs> wow. Uh, you're hitting a couple of, couple of points there, making me uh, <laughs> smile and cry inside. No, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think one of your earlier comments about, you know, we're, we're a startup, but we've been around for, you know, eight years. And so are we a startup? But, but we are, right? And um, I think one of the things, um, the most important thing I would say for, for me personally is um, really my team is just so solid and such rock stars that uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate. My leadership team, you know, the, the three of us, my co-founders and I, we really balance each other as far as our strengths and where I tend to, you know, uh, have those, you know, I, I get excited to jump around and put stuff on the whiteboard and, and want to do this and that and this and that, and let's do it all at the same time. And it'll be great. You know, and um, I, I have really uh, awesome leadership team that are like, okay, hold on a second, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that balance is always very, you know, I, I push the envelope as far as, you know, making sure that we're aligned and what we're doing is, um, is absolutely what we feel in, in our, uh, in our heart is what will be helpful for the industry. Um, and then also, obviously we have many other constituents, um, you know, investors and stakeholders, et cetera. So we have to be really thoughtful and responsible with how we operate. Um, uh, I personally and, and my team, um, we're, we're pretty um, conservative when it comes to even though, you know, being in a startup and, and running a startup is, is very high risk. Um, I think we've we've been around the, the, the block a couple of times in the sense where, you know, we're hopeful, optimistic, but very realistic and data driven. Um, and so, you know, the, when this all happened, we kicked into gear, as I mentioned, you know, how do we help and support? We had to look at our business really hard uh, and, and and plan and plan realistically, knowing that, you know, our revenue was, was going to be hit, um, you know, significantly. Um, and we were ready and willing to do that because, again, you know, we don't want to sell, you know, how, how, how tone deaf would we be if we're out there trying to, you know, um, sell stuff when businesses are literally closed and trying to figure out, you know, how they're going to get to the next week. Right. <laughs> and so, so for us, the, the, the flexibility, extremely important, but then, you know, planning in a very realistic optimistic, and then also always have your worst case scenario. We always the best case, worst case, realistic scenario, um, and really focus, um, because it's not easy. It's, you know, I, we were, we are in this together and we're fortunate that we've built a culture and, and a team where they're, uh, mature and responsible enough to recognize, you know, Hey, this is a situation we're in it together. Um, and we're going to come out of it together and we're going to thrive together out of it. Um, but for now it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, and it's, it's still not pretty, but in September we recalibrated and we said, look, recovery is going to look 
different than we originally had hoped and we have to plan for it. And I think that's what a lot of businesses uh, do and did. And we also, you know, throughout this time looked at our roadmap and figured out, you know, what could we pull it to, to your earlier question? Like, what can we reshuffle to, um, because we're going to build it anyway, but what makes the most sense now? right? Um, what's the most helpful now? And how can we, how will it be most helpful coming out into the next six to 12 months? Well, it seems to be going okay, or working. Um, there's a lot of jobs on culinary agents. I'm looking at it right now. And again, you know, it's um, the fact that, I mean, you have been around for a while, and you are an established entity. But the fact that, you know, culinary agents, which is an ancillary business to the hospitality business, has managed to uh, forge ahead, add things, grow, and continue to be a platform of opportunity um, after the course of this past year, I think is really, really just fantastic. And I think it should be noted that, you know, you're still here, you're still offering opportunity and you will continue into the future. And I, I think that's no small feat given what we've experienced. So if we were at Roberta's, the pizza would have been on me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank if, you so much. Yeah. If you are listening and you are looking for work in the hospitality industry, you have work in the hospitality industry, you have um, things that you're looking to sell, you have something you're looking to buy. Um, check out culinaryagents.com. There's a lot, a lot, a lot to look at. You can follow them on all of the social media platforms. Also, again, um, you know, I was probably going to have Alice on the show in January anyway, but I really um, had a big smile when I saw the job postings coming through on their Instagram feed, which to me um, was really just such a great sign of, of things are, are okay and are going to get better. Um, if you want to listen to some other episodes with Alice, she is a longtime uh, favorite guest. You can find all of our episodes available on demand at heritageradionetwork.org. As I said on the top of the show, we are powered by Simplecast and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. The best way to make sure you never miss an episode is to go to your favorite platform like iTunes hit the subscribe button, and leave us an amazing five-star review. I want to thank Alice Chen for joining us today. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. And we, you know, definitely keep us posted on things as they evolve and new items, new features as they come online. Um, you know, maybe we'll check back with you in a few months and see how, you know, some of the new trends are happening as as the landscape of the pandemic starts to shift, hopefully in a um, more positive direction that is putting us on the road to the end of the uh, really urgent part of the pandemic to recovery to whatever the new normal is going to be. Absolutely. I will say, uh, you know, in closing here for, for my comments that we're already seeing the opportunities pour in, um, you know, to your earlier point this with the quarterly kind of focus and, and seasonality of this industry, it's shifted. So businesses, stadiums are um, have plans for opening. All different types of opportunities are coming in right now. And they we anticipate it to just continue to grow and pour in uh, between now and the next six months. So, you know, dust off those resumes, think real hard about what you're what you're looking to do, what you want to do, uh, and, uh, you know, and utilize all the tools that um, that we want to make sure that that you have at your fingertips. 
I think now is also a great time if you, um, you know, as you mentioned earlier in the top of the show, now is a great time to go for that thing you've been wanting to do. Um, even if it's a really abrupt change, um, you know, maybe you're even outside the hospitality industry and you want to get into it, or maybe you want to go from, you know, being a, a, a bartender to doing something, you know, managerial, or maybe you always wanted to be a pastry chef. Now is really a, a fantastic moment to really identify and go for um, the thing that you've wanted to do, because in, in many respects, Nobody has to explain why they want to make a change right now. We yep. all understand <laughs> that everybody is having these moments of evaluation, um, change of plans. And, you know, I'm fairly confident if you sat down with a potential employer and they said, well, you know, you used to work in the um, accounting department at your last restaurant and now you want to be a pastry chef and... If your response was, yes, the time is now, you know, I've reprioritized the things that are important to me and it is important to me now to pursue pastry. Everyone would say, okay, I get it. Totally. Yep. I agree hundred <laughs> percent. Well, Alice, thank you for joining us today on um, our January New Skills, New Jobs episode. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, listeners, thank you for joining us as well. Sponsors, thank you for supporting us. Heritage Radio Network staff, thank you for producing and disseminating the show out onto the airwaves. And listeners, we wouldn't be doing it without you. So come back and see us again next week. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bytes. Tech Bytes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.